Welcome to the Emerging Artist Development Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Dose. This show is committed to providing developing artists the tools to create an emerging moment. All the tips and tricks you'll learn here are borrowed from 0 to 60 by AGD, an artist development program. Whenever we're recording a podcast, we're live in our Discord channel and available for Q&A. So if you're not a part of that artist community, come and join us and we'll get your questions answered. All right, let's get started. What's up? I am bulk recording these podcasts for this week. It's Monday. You'll be hearing this on Wednesday. I'm live in the Discord. I'm I'm hopeful that this will be um, a fairly regular schedule for me to do these Monday morning. Um, so just a reminder, if you're in the Discord, jump on in. Um, you know, so far today, have not had any guests um, to it. And that makes me sad because I'd rather be discussing these topics than uh, preaching them feels a bit like preaching when when I just roll through them. But you know what? Maybe maybe I gotta maybe I gotta preach. Maybe maybe I gotta preach this stuff uh, loud. Because uh, it's you know, it's important. I think we're I think we're tackling important things, but I much prefer to discuss uh, the topics than to preach them. Um, or to feel like, like it's preaching. So just a reminder, if you are in the discord, come hang out and we'll talk about these things with some live Q and a, um, but I'm, I'm moving through, uh, these discovery questions for roles and workloads and, uh, from our, um, what we call a discovery audit, which is where, um, artists and industry professionals answer uh, over 150 questions about their career path and then uh, their project uh, that they have coming up or you know maybe if if you're an aspiring industry professional quite uh, you answer questions about the business that maybe you'd like to start or the job that you'd like to eventually have and then the audit is where we work to connect the dots of those questions. So it's important um, work because sometimes the way you answer one question and the way you answer the next question, those actually might be conflicting answers to a career path. And if you're early on in your career, you might not know that. And so the audit is a special piece because it helps um, create career planning that doesn't have those conflicts that could hold you up in where you're going. Right. So I, I love, I love the discovery audit. I think it's really cool. So, um, we're, but we're moving through in the podcast. We're just going through these questions because I want everybody to, to be able to, um, to do this at home. Um, if you're not able to work with, um, a team. So that's the point of the, the podcast here. All right. So this is the follow up to the, you know, the last question we talked about the time spent doing tasks. And uh, this is like a, a, not a multiple choice 
question. It's, it's like a, a written uh, essay question or whatever. What I want everybody to, to do is just really actually answer this, like get out a, a notepad and actually sit down and like answer this question, write it out um, as if you're sending it in to myself, actually jump in the discord and write it out. Let's do that. Why don't we do that? Um, all right. So the career uh, discovery question for today, this is still in, in roles and workload. So what challenges or advantages do you have with time management as it pertains to your craft and your career tasks? So both together, are there any extenuating circumstances that might make time management more or less difficult? I'm going to read it all again. What challenges or advantages do you have with time management as it pertains to your craft and your career tasks? I'm making sure we're still live in the discord here. Are there any extenuating circumstances that might make time management more or less difficult? Let's simplify this a little bit and really understand what's being said here. What is your relationship to time? It's so important that you get really honest about this and, and it might take some journaling. It might take some mindfulness work, like pausing for a minute and maybe getting centered and getting vulnerable and answering this question, like, what is your relationship to time? This has been something that for me has been really challenging. I've been sharing a lot lately about ADHD. My, you know, I was diagnosed with ADHD this year. I'm 36 years old and it had been, you know, obviously, you know, for anybody that I think it's just common that entrepreneurs, artists and stuff are neurodivergent. So I think a lot of people probably relate to this. But my relationship to time and rhythm and process is just so convoluted. It's, it's, you know, I can get hyper focused on something and I like what I'm doing right now, batch recording podcasts. I can do this, right? I can do this because I can sit down and I can spend four hours on one thing that I'm hyper focused on. But I'm having to figure out that like, yo, me waking up and trying to do this podcast every morning could happen, but it would have to be something that got really, really consistent. I would need no distractions from it because if I got distracted from it and I missed it one day, I'd feel really terrible about that. I'd get, I'd like beat myself up, like feeling bad about my ability to be consistent then I would probably take two months of not doing it. It's like the same thing that happens with like with my exercise routine. So my relationship to consistency and time, I need to be really honest about. And so my challenge, you know, the extenuating circumstances is, is neurodivergent. And then also tackling kind of the results of having a late uh, diagnosis at, at being an adult is also dealing with some 
performance issues and, and, and subsequent depression, because a lot of things haven't gone the way that I wanted them to go because of my relationship to time. I then have to tackle some, some depression that comes from that. So that's me being vulnerable about my relationship to time. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. What is your relationship to time? What does it look like? Um, and, and how do you find motivation and how do you get inspired? And I want you to write that out. I want you to journal that out or record it, you know, do a voice memo if you need to talk about it. Um, and, uh, and, it, and if, and if it's really vulnerable and if it's really sensitive, um, I want to encourage everybody to explore, um, talk therapy, something that I believe in very, very much. Um, and then, and then exploring just mental health solutions with us, medication, um, medication scared the crap out of me. Um, and, and I got medicated this year and it's, and it's helped a lot. So, um, I bet y'all didn't think that we were going to go deep and vulnerable like that on this question, but Hey, I'm here for it. This being an artist is a vulnerable and emotional and temperamental thing. So if I can help somebody, um, by being open and vulnerable myself, that's what we're here to do. So, um, you know, get really, really clear on your relationship with time. I'm going to read this question one more time for everybody. And then I want you to pause the episode and journal out your answer. What challenges or advantages do you have with time management as it pertains to your craft and your career tasks? Are there any extenuating circumstances that might make time management more or less difficult? Name those circumstances and go. And here's your task of the day. All right. And your task of the day today is actually coming from the artist expansion, the zero to 60 artist expansion. This is the online course that you can take over on the zero to 60 website. Um, anybody can, can take this course. It's, it's about 10 hours of, um, it's about 10 hours of, of content that you move through lots of mindset work, lots of evergreen, um, content for you to consume. And then what we've done is, you know, the, the expansion in the course are mindset evergreen concepts around artist development and building a career and laying the foundation for where your career is going to go, understanding the, uh, you know, um, the why as it were, and then, you know, for anybody that's been through the zero to 60 program, they know that we have the task list and that's what I'm going through here in the podcast is giving you a task a day. There's 350 tasks in the zero to 60 program. So I guess we'll, we'll make it through, uh, the program, uh, through make like over the course of about a year and a half, if we're able to stay consistent with a podcast Monday through Friday, which is the goal right now. So, uh, so yeah, um, obviously 
anyone is welcome to accelerate that by jumping in and, and, and working with our team. But we want to make sure that, that this stuff is helping everybody um, no matter what. And so, um, yeah, so this is coming from the artist expansion. I have a I'm looking at it here. Uh, let's see the the video on this is uh, is 14 minutes. And then there's uh, quite a bit of reading here too, uh, to go along with it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some of the reading. The task of the day today is your long bio, writing your biography. So I'm just gonna read to you from the reading that we have, and uh, this reading has been with us for eight years since I started zero to sixty about eight years ago. Um, and there's a cool uh, picture. I did these these quote pictures eight years ago when I made this, and the quote is from Dale Carnegie. So I'll read you this. You can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. So in all of this publicity work, just remember that none of it, making yourself sound interesting is nearly as valuable as networking and connecting and being interested in other people. But once they take interest in you, you need to have the information in a congruent way that can, uh, that makes them, uh, kind of buy in and that's what the bio is for is once somebody has taken interest in you because you are compelling now we want to have all of that information congruent so here we go writing a bio instructions for you from the zero to 60 expansion we want your bio to be as current as possible when talking about how you started or past accomplishments let's be straight to the point and brief for instance past members don't need mentioning Hardships should sound like accomplishments. Leave out specific dates whenever possible. The bio should read like a story and contain four of the five key components that make up every story flow. We want character development, setting, plot, conflict, and we'll leave off the resolution for now. Okay, the five key components of a story, if you, if you go back to, you know, your junior year of high school, I think junior year of high school, you're learning how to write a story. That's character development, setting, plot, conflict, and resolution. In your bio, you're leaving off the resolution. Why? Uh, I'll get to that. We'll describe the personality of each member or the group as a whole and how that personality affects the music and performance. Let's go deeper than the members of the group. The real important characters here are musical influences, relating yourself to other artists that your potential fans might already recognize and appreciate will make you seem more familiar. If you can do that in a story form congruently, that's, that's really entertaining and, and, and pulls you in. If you can talk about your musical influences as characters in your story, maybe they're part of the character development or maybe they're the setting. That's awesome. Be creative, be entertaining in your bio. 
because those musical influencers are going to make you seem more familiar. And back to the reading here. Also try to find something that was a non-musical inspiration. Most of your fans will not be musicians. So strictly using musical references to define inspiration might alienate potential fans. If you're using musical uh, influences that they're not familiar with, um, you're losing them. That's not that's not interesting. And then you're going to have to go into the full impact. Like you're going to have to write the bio of the influences that influenced you to create that context. So, you know, use the most popular influences that were a part of your formative years, um, you know, that are, you know, accurate. Uh, if we can identify the things in everyday life, things that potential fans experience regularly, they will hear your songs with a different perspective. And last but not least, the most important character of the story is the fan base. Okay. How is the fan part of your story? Nearly every artist bio starts with the sentence born and raised in or something similarly addressing the artist's geography. Geography plays a major role in who you are as an artist, but it usually plays a major role for every artist, which makes the specific bit of information less intriguing. So rather than simply stating where you're from, tell the reader how your geography has affected your art. You might even leave off where you're from. Maybe that creates some mystery. Describe where you're from. And maybe don't even say it. Just throwing that out there. That, that would be interesting. That might be a bad idea. I don't know. Um, while the plot is very important to the story, it's okay to realize that for most artists, the plot is the same. The information of what you're working on and a quick description of how it's developing is plenty of plot line for a, a short bio. The secret to creating super fans is letting them in on conflict. So the plot is... You came from this place. Here's the character development, the setting where you're from, the geography. The plot is you're now an artist. I mean, that you know, you're making art that's and you're trying to uh, have a career in it. That's that's the plot. That's the storyline. And that's the same for for most unless there's been a plot twist. Um, and if there has spend some spend some time on that. But for the most part we want to move into the conflict um, and the super fans are going to relate to that conflict. So, you know, the super fans can also be the champion in the story. So if you've had any amount of an emerging moment where the fans have shown up for you um, in some way, you're able to present the conflict and then the fans show up um, and they're the, you know, they're the resolution in some ways, right? Uh, so to do so, we must first identify the conflict, define it, and build it up to a point of climax, finally leading to a resolution, which is precisely where we will leave off in the bio. For a musician, the resolution is in the music. If the reader is engaged by your bio and becomes a fan, they don't only find the resolution, but become a character in your story. So uh, let me define this for you a little bit here. Like if you can create this conflict of how the journey 
is not the journey of being an artist. Like don't talk about the challenges of the music industry. Talk about the conflict of being an artist, like what it is that you want to say and where the conflict with your, like that message is from, what's the opposition to your message and then offer that the music is the resolution to that conflict. And that will make the reader of the bio want to go and listen to your music, which is the goal of the bio. And then as they listen to your music, them listening to your music is participating in the story and they become a character in that story. If we can capture all of these points in three or four paragraphs, which is very short of text, you will have a compelling bio. Your biography is intended to be enough information to give journalists a snapshot of your, your group, your project, your artist tree, your artist tree, but also leave them with enough questions to request an interview. All right, that's the goal. That's the long bio. That's a nugget for y'all. I hope that helps. Inspiration Highway. A story without a conflict is boring. No one wants to watch a movie that doesn't have a lift in the third act. What's your third act? What is the conflict in your story? Do you know? Are you intimately familiar with that conflict? Conflict doesn't have to be polarizing. You don't have to lose people, but you do need to know what the most controversial thing about you is. Uh, where will you have friction? That friction can create spark. That spark can light a fire and create an emerging moment for you. And if you're not intimately familiar with what that conflict is, now's the time to find it. Wow, you made it to the end of the episode. I'm impressed. Uh, Listen, I want to keep the conversation going. I want to hear your questions, your ideas, what this made you think about, uh, where your challenges are, and, uh, and maybe we'll have you come on the podcast to talk about it. We are live in the Discord often, so be sure to jump in the Discord and, and discuss these things with us. And then if you haven't yet, you really got to go over to 0to60byaging.com and you got to watch the free workshop because... There's some really good stuff in that workshop. It's like 45 minutes of like solid stuff. I'm Nathan Dose, founder of AGD Entertainment, author of Zero to 16. Thanks for hanging out with us. Have a good day.